and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Connie Chung. And I'm Kenny Gong. Every week, we teach real estate agents how to spark success in their business and life through savvy strategy and thoughtfulness. You'll learn how to dive right in and make it happen step-by-step and day-by-day with practical tools and tips and the stories to make them stick. And because it's fall, we've recently been staying indoors, hot cocoa in hand and under the electric blankets and catching up on some of our favorite scary movies. And I'm terrified of scary movies. (laughs) Me too. So when we say scary movies, we're actually talking about Hocus Pocus, which we saw for the 17th time this past Halloween. So in honor of fall and Hocus Pocus, we thought we'd share our favorite horror stories. That's right. We're going to share some of our most horrifying experiences we've experienced working as realtors. We've got scary. We've got creepy. We've got the disturbing. And we love these kinds of stories because they are good reminders that you are not alone. We've all been there and we can all learn from them. This is how you build your resilience and your business. We know you've got your own horror stories. So of course, we want to hear them. So let us know what kind of situations you've found yourself in. And as we always say, take what you want and leave the rest. So let's dig right in. All right, I'll go first. When I first started out in this business as a realtor, I was excited for any kind of business. And floor time was one of those ways I worked to get business. Do you do floor time at your office? For some folks who may not know, given that some of you are mobile agents or have offices or office cultures that look very different than they once were, floor time is when an agent is allotted a time slot to sit at the front of the office and engage prospective clients who either come through the office doors, call the office line, or approach the window's featured listings. It's another opportunity to engage cold leads and warm them up. My office at the time was in downtown San Francisco, so lively and vibrant, and our listings would capture the attention of many passersby. I was always nervous to approach strangers, but I also loved the thrill of it. I remember approaching this guy who looked like working professional, probably in finance or tech, very much the demographic of San Francisco's financial district. And I did my usual line, hey, do you work in the neighborhood? He indeed shared that he worked in the neighborhood and we began chatting. I asked a few more questions and in the process, he shared that he was interested in purchasing a home and gave me his contact info. I was so excited. This conversation went so well in the best way possible. Instead of the all too common, no thanks, I'm just looking. So I followed up saying, hi, it was so nice to meet you and learn about your ideal home. Let's set up a time to talk more in detail and I'll be happy to walk you through the home buying process. As usual, I proposed meeting times during business hours with a two-hour buffer understanding that a lot of folks don't get to take time off during the day. It was strictly professional. He responded. That's great too, because meeting new folks and getting response isn't always guaranteed. Exactly. I was so excited. But then he asked to meet over drinks or dinner. And in my head, I remember thinking, something feels off. But I was struggling because I was a new agent with very little business, and here was this potential client asking to meet. So I tried to propose another daytime meeting at the office, and when he was insistent on meeting in the evening, I felt super uncomfortable. 
and knew that this was not okay. I've had client meetings after typical office hours, but I certainly didn't feel comfortable meeting this new person, especially with his tone. And while I was hungry for business, I'm glad I gently steered away and didn't meet with him, simply because I didn't feel comfortable. And you just gotta follow your gut. Yes, that's exactly what I did. The big lessons I took from this were, first and foremost, follow your gut. Secondly, you don't have to chase all business. There is plenty of business out there, which of course took me some time to learn and truly understand. I love that. You should always follow your gut because especially in gray areas where there's no clear answer, you have to go with not only what you know, but what you feel. You got to listen to your instincts. And if anything feels just a little bit off, pause. Exactly. Especially when it comes to our safety, which unfortunately women are confronted with much more than men. For anyone, it's so important to set boundaries with prospective clients. Even if this guy had good intentions, he still didn't respect my time and boundaries. And for me, that's a no-go. Pretty early on in our careers, we chose to only work with clients who respect our boundaries and appreciate our time. You don't have time to chase questionable business and work with people who may not be serious, realistic, or even worse, have bizarre, weird, ulterior motives. Yes. Okay. Another horror story. When I was first starting off, most of my business was selling high-rise condominiums in downtown San Francisco, which was super exciting. And I was so grateful. They were luxurious and many had formal lobbies and lobby attendants, meaning multiple barriers of entry, a feeling of safety in many respects. It was great. And it was a neighborhood I was very familiar with. Then I met a family with adorable two-year-old twins who wanted to purchase a single family home on the opposite side of town in the Richmond or Sunset districts of San Francisco, neighborhoods I was not as familiar with. And for those of you who may not know, the Sunset and Richmond districts of San Francisco have some of the best Asian food in the city, and they've also got more inventory of single family homes and some of the best schools. Indeed. I had lined up a few homes to see and scheduled to meet my clients at a house in the outer avenues. It was already dark as I approached the house. And keep in mind, this was my first time ever showing a single family house as a young new realtor. There were no street lights. The block was dark and I was alone. Usually when I would show condominium units, I would go in and turn on all the lights and I wanted to do the same in this situation. But with this house, something spooked me. I feel like I heard voices and saw some shuffling. And then I saw a window curtain move. Prior to the showing, I must say, I had just heard of squatters at a home days before. And I thought, standing in front of this house alone in the dark on my own, there are squatters in this house. And? Well... Luckily, there were no squatters. This house was just a fixer-upper, like one of those dilapidated homes Chip and Joanna Gaines go into, you know, which was my only reference at the time. But this house had it all. Unknown stains on the carpet, ambiguous things and cobwebs hanging from the ceiling, the smell of who knows what, mold, dead rats, possible ghosts. You feel me here? This is what haunted house movies are all about. Scary and creepy vibes. 
And so I have to ask, what were you most afraid of? Was it the idea of potential squatters, the idea of dead rats, or your clients finding out that you were new to the business? Of course, at that time, clients finding me out was the biggest horror of them all. But I definitely painted a worse picture in my mind of the house, thinking back to all of those haunted houses I remember as a kid. This is why I don't watch scary movies anymore. This was just me being new to the field alone and at night in a big house with a crazy imagination. And this brings me back to another single family home we saw in Hayes Valley in San Francisco. It was another fixer. Am I sensing a trend here? Yes. <laughs> but it was broad daylight and we were both there. By this time, I was used to seeing houses tattered and in horrible shape. Okay. And this one was just that. There was caution tape around a gaping hole in the kitchen floor. Every nook and cranny was impregnated with grime, all around creepy vibes. But at that point, we were pros. Nothing scared us until we got to the garage, which was run down and barely standing. I remember opening the garage door, which surprisingly was not locked. I poked my head in, confident that there was nothing there, except I was wrong. As I was about to step in, I saw eyes. Many, many big, bold ones staring right back at me. It was a family of raccoons. So many raccoons. I have no clue how many there were actually in there. But um, all I remember is that no one moved. They just stared. Those eyes just stared back boldly at me. Immediately, I slammed the door shut and cautioned our clients against going in. The house was... Uh, shall we say, a little bit more of a project than they wanted to take on. Of course, raccoons and all. And we don't fault them for that. That brings me way back, those raccoons. I tried to erase them from my memory, Kenny. Why did I you bring them back? <laughs> They're always going to be seared in our memories forever. <laughs> but no, I kind of see cute raccoons in my mind. I do have to say. Okay. So I've also got another one for you. This one was one of my very first listings. It was in the city of Hayward, a little bit east of San Francisco. As I was prepping the house for sale, I met a lot of neighbors and was kind of surprised and stunned that they all kept saying, oh, well, you know, the neighbor next door. And of course, I kept thinking, what about the neighbor next door? Until... I went and met the neighbor next door. <laughs> the home shared uh, a driveway easement with the neighbor's house. So when I went to go introduce myself, I felt like I was legit stepping into a scene of Breaking Bad. We're talking falling shingles, boarded up windows, a massive tarp covering a mound of who knows what. Can you confirm that drugs were actually being manufactured there? No. But can I deny it either? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Ultimately, the neighbor was super nice and for the most part always did what I asked him to do. What a way to begin a career as a listing agent. Yeah, but that wasn't even the worst part. Halfway through escrow, a small piece of the roof leaked through into the kitchen. Our emergency team of handy folks came to the rescue and salvaged everything. And then three days before we were scheduled to close escrow, the buyers were conducting their final walkthrough and there was flooding in the basement. 
I received a very cordial but concerned message from the buyer's agent with a video attached, of course. We had a major rainfall that year and me and my seller's house were feeling the brunt of it all. While the rain was out of our control, we took the necessary measures to make it all happen. The buyer's agent and buyers were relatively understanding and with a lot of back and forth, we still made it happen and closed escrow. Wow. Talk about persistence until the very end. I could see that having gone completely wrong and in so many different directions, but it speaks to the attitude of both parties in understanding what's in our control and what's not. Absolutely. Our horror stories are mostly about being spooked by the unknown or grappling with the realities of a job built on putting out fires of all kinds, but there are real life horror stories in this business for sure. The stories of the squatters, I remember that one too. A party that was being thrown by squatters in a house that was on the market at one of our colleagues' listings, like overnight, they threw a party. <laughs> There's instances of strangers walking into open houses and using the shower during the open house, and worse, when agents have been attacked and their safety at risk. And we don't take that lightly. Again, we know that women are targeted and impacted more so than men. So I say to all of you, trust your instincts. Remember that there's always plenty of business to be had and that your safety and health are of utmost importance. Indeed. We're all in this together. Thank you so much for tuning in today and hearing about our horror stories. Do you have one to share? And if so, we'd love to hear... Follow us on Instagram at Connie and Kenny and share one of your horror stories in our comments or send us a DM for a little private conversation. Yes. And remember, you can check out ConnieandKenny.com for more resources and to sign up for our email newsletters where we'll send you regular golden nuggets for your business and your life. Until next time. Bye. bye.